This is Amateur Logic, episode 132 for July 15th, 2019. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM. Make the most out of contest season with the new ICOM transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. Good evening and welcome to another exciting, action-packed adventure of Amateur Logic. Action-packed is the right word for it. It is. This is our annual field day episode, and this year we got to go out to the woods, yeah, finally. Spo- spoiler alert, we didn't get rained out this time. No, we didn't. We didn't. So that was amazing. And Emil, you did field day yourself down there, didn't you? We did. We did it at the clubhouse, and of course it was mega hot and nice and humid for the event, and uh, you'll see some of that in our uh, in my segment. Nice and humid. That sounds perfect. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, sarcasm alert there, too. What's been going on since the last time we were here? I, I know this isn't a planned part of, uh, not that anything is planned. Yeah, I don't find that on the script. Yeah. <laughs> um Anything interesting? Uh, not a, not really a whole lot. Uh, yeah. I had a few days of vacation, so we went out of town. That's mm-hmm. what I love to do as soon as I get off work is to go out of town. Oh, no, you do. Since you just get to town, you can escape I immediately. Can leave, yeah. yeah. But we had a good time. We went canoeing, kind of uh, unplugged from most of the technology. No, not much cell phone service out there and everything, so it was a nice break. Yeah. Email? Well, you know, down here it's uh, been nothing but work for me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't have tales from the data center or anything, but it's uh, it's been a besides field day is in radio goes. That's where all my time's been gone for sure. Yeah, that's a four letter word, man. Yeah, I gotta say mine's mine's been the same way. I've been I've had a lot going on at work and at work and at work. That word, yeah, man. yeah. You shouldn't use that kind of language on here. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> it's a family uh, show. But I am planning a little trip next weekend. I am going to turn my my mobile and point it south. Going south of the border? Going well, yeah, the Mississippi yeah, border. I-10? Yeah, I ten. Yep, below I ten. Down. You in wouldn't the, be. You wouldn't happen to be talking about the uh, W5SLA Ham Fest by any chance, would you? Well, you know, as a coincidence here, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh. So, yeah, that's one of the other things that are going on down here. The W5SLA uh, Ham Fest is coming up, along with uh, the symposium for uh, some interesting forums and, and good old times with the, the hams in the area here. So, yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, that is uh, Saturday, July the 20th at, at 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Yep. 
That's the actual ham fest, and then the uh, W9DYB Amateur Radio Symposium is on the 19th and 20th at the La Quinta. I will be going there as well. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And Bob Heil will be there, and Don Wilbanks will be there, and we'll all be at the ham fest on Saturday. And the place will never be the same again. Sounds like a fun time to me. Yeah, me too. So I'm expecting when I get there now that I will be able to find some good jambalaya somewhere in Slidell. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that there probably won't be a problem finding that here. <laughs> okay. Because you can find it here, but it's it's just not not like the Louisiana. You probably get you some boudin, too. I've, no doubt. Yeah. I don't know that I have a license to hunt those. <laughs> <You know, that's, laughs> Got to watch out for the drop boudins. <laughs> <laughs> Well, field day, you know, that was a few weeks ago. And, well, actually, right after we shot the last episode. Mm -hmm. So we've had time to kind of go back and look through some of the footage here and pick out a few highlights and things that we enjoyed. And I got to say, it was a fun year at field day for me. Oh, yeah, it was a great time. uh, It's been long enough back that the triggers are gone, so... Yeah. We got rid of those, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, whenever we're doing a show live, you can catch it in the chat room at amateurlogic.tv slash chat. That's where all our rowdy friends are hanging out while we're shooting live. Yeah. It's uh if you're like I say if you're watching the live stream, you're not in there. You're only getting half the fun. And as I always say, which half? That's now that's, that's up to you to find thing. out. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of rowdy chat room participants, Glenn is reminding me that jambalaya and red beans are both on the ham fest menu, so okay. you got it. Oh, man, that sounds like... I hope it's as good as the jambalaya <laughs> that they, they had over in Lafayette, man. I'm sure it'll be Ooh, good. That's a tough one to beat over there, man. <laughs> man, that was... I didn't know I liked it so much until I ate that. Oh, that's good stuff. My mother-in-law used to live down in Walker, Louisiana, and she learned how to cook some of that. So she used to make a really good jambalaya. Yeah. Well, looking forward to it, Emil. So roll out the red carpet. I'll be rolling in Thursday night and and looking forward to it. Awesome. You know, for for two years, we weren't able to go to the woods to do field day. Now, just for you who aren't hams, most people don't go to the woods to do field day. Yeah, it's, almost. Actually, I don't know of anybody else that does it like that. I'm sure there's somebody, but they yeah, don't. I don't know of them. I don't know of them either. But we've, we've been doing this for a few years. The past two years, though, we got rained out and we couldn't. But this year, we were able to return to going out in the woods and pitching a tent and uh, and having a good time with field day. And we got a different site. It was a little different. Uh, but, it's but, not, but better. Better. Definitely better. better. Uh, I, we had, before where we were was kind of low. We didn't really have uh, good cell phone coverage down there. Uh, your phone would not work half the time. We had three bars at this new site. It was, uh, you know, a, a good bit higher than the other one. And I think we had more bars on the radios, too. So, oh yeah, it was yeah. A, it was good. We had some good contacts. Bands were in good shape. Yep. 
And I, I I hear a joke coming here, George. Oh, three three hams work. I mean, walk into three bars. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some potential there. Well, let's look at the uh, the tent pitching here. Well, here we are at the field day site, and what do you think, Wayne? It's a sight. It's a sight. It looks better than I was hoping it would look, or better than I was thinking it would look yeah. after that rain, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to... Do good. Yeah, got room for... Uh, well, the tent right here where it's been graded off. And on the other side, room to set up some antennas. And uh, most importantly, the canopy. Yeah, more room over there. Uh, room over here for uh, for an 80 meter off center fed dipole. And my brother brought his tractor in here and did some clipping, so... Yeah, grass is not quite as tall as it was. Okay, we got to get this tip pitched before dark. And we've done a little more now. We've got the tent up and the canopy up. And we're taking a little break before we continue on and envelop the thing in Visqueen. And here's our Visqueen master right here. Not hardly. Not hardly. It was your idea, and it works. And it works. Well, I'm hoping this is going to work, too. And what we're doing different this year is we put plywood down here, just, just thin sheathing plywood for a floor, and I'm going to tape those seams there. And it'll give us a little something more substantial to sit the chairs and tables, cape tables and cots on. <clears throat> it's here. We've got a place to go in if the weather gets bad, but we don't have any air conditioning yet. That's what we got to get done now. Yep. So, back to it. That was the site this year. That was the Hacienda. Yeah. Nice. And that was about <clears throat> 380 feet was the elevation. 384 feet, I think. Yeah. And it was and it was like three quarters of a mile down a graded dirt road. Yep. Uh, in this part of the country, you know, 380 feet, that's a little higher than, than yeah, average. Yeah, it is. Bit. The only downside to that site, it was a great site, but if we'd have got caught with a rainstorm, I'm not, we may still be there. Wayne and I had four-wheel drives. You would still be well, there. Well, my truck was still there. <laughs> would it still be there? But. Yeah. I had a tow strap, too. Uh -huh. I would have pulled that big old Dodge out with my little Nissan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, email, tell us a little bit about what y'all did down there. Well, uh, W5SLA got together at the uh, club house here in Slidell, which is known as the uh, uh, Emergency Communications Center. Uh, the club's been having forever, 60, 1967, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we, we made it work and had lots of visitors this time, and we even had some uh, youth get on the air and uh, you name you name it, we had a we had a good old time. We didn't have any Utes at our place. No, no Utes at all. <laughs> but we had a visiting Ute, so we we worked out. We got more points than we expected. Awesome, cool. that's great.
I didn't see any Visqueen. I didn't see any Visqueen either. I guess if you got concrete walls, so you don't need Visqueen, huh? Yeah, yeah, no Visqueen this year, and uh, yeah, it was hot enough. We we had some fun getting some wire into that tree, though, into the in the video you saw, and yeah. um, you know, it looks like me and you had some similar ideas with some SDRs there, George. It does. Um, yeah, we'll have a little more about how I used it there. Did, did you have it uh, connected to a rig? No, no, no. It was on its own uh, antennas and, and pieces, parts, and I was using it pretty much to um, uh, see what was going on up and down the entire band, you know, just view the whole thing yep. so that I could see. I used it for that as well, plus a little uh, no spoilers. shoot. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it right. was. It looks like y'all had a great time down there, and you didn't have to set the tent up. Although, you, it looked hot anyway. It was hot. Yeah, you saw from a few of those uh, shirt shots after we were outside mm-hmm. for a while doing other things. That yeah, holy moly, that'll that would drag you down for sure. Yeah. Well, did you have AC in the building? We did. Yes. Oh, that's yep. foul. that's a foul right there. You lose points on that, yeah. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, we that's why we're lucky we get to operate as a three Foxtrot, right? The uh, Emergency Communication Center, EOC type. So, uh, Yeah. Wow. Well, the video I showed you a moment ago was from Friday evening. Wayne and I arrived. We were a little later getting there than, yeah. than, than normal, so it got dark. Uh, before we really got everything done. We did get the tents set up and uh, got all of that done, but didn't really get any radio set up to speak of. So we picked up with that. Well, I woke up early on Saturday morning, and this is the state of things at that point. Well, 7 o'clock on Saturday morning. This is as far as my station is right now. I have a laptop have some stuff on the table and there's my only radio that's set up right now it's ID51 I'm listening to commercial FM with the SDR play over here and in here we've got a little QRM over here on the other side of the tent So this is where most of the field activity will probably take place inside the main tent. This is a 9 by 9 canopy with this green walls and the required air conditioner which ran okay all night. And it attaches to the front of the tent over there. They do get the occasional horse fly come through. You have a sophisticated door mechanism. Picking up the generator pretty good too. So this is a look at the site this morning. Got the sun coming up over there. 
got an area here that would be good for setting up one antenna. There is my generator, right up there. We ran it last night until about bedtime and then we squished because that one was out of the tractor. And now we're running on lanes over here. While it's not quiet, it's much quieter than mine. And here is a look at the tents themselves. I don't know how blurry this is. Is this just my monitor? The sun hadn't been up very long when I shot that, so it it was still nice and cool in there. I stepped outside in that heat, man, and the, well, you see what happened. That was the dream sequence right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought it was a special effect video. <laughs> there you go. That that was that was an analog one, too, Emil. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You don't get that every day. Mm -mm, I don't see that in Vegas. Well... Uh, of course, as I showed you, uh, a few sites maybe to set up some antennas, but we didn't have any at that point. Uh, we actually, I did have uh, my MFJ receiving loop, which I, I can't reach, but it's it's over there in storage right now. It's We've shown it before. The uh, It's a little bigger. But anyway, it's a receiving about loop. About like a hula hoop. About like a hula hoop. And I had that hooked up to the SDR play, and Wayne and I kind of spun the dial on shortwave Friday night. We listened to WTWW. Uh, we listened to WRMI and WBCQ, and they all those play music at night now. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if they do it every night. WTWW does mm -hmm. pretty much. But yeah, I, I listen um, to it sometimes. So it's interesting to you know to finally see some rock music returning to shortwave radio. And uh, yeah. so, so that was the only radio fun we had on Friday night. Yeah. So the AC looked like it was well. The AC did help some at night. It just didn't help a whole lot in the daytime. Not on our side of the tent. No. Because, well, you see, we had it didn't help in there in the in the Visqueen either in the daytime because it wasn't really but about a degree cooler yeah. in there than it was in the outside. Yeah. I don't know if we need a bigger unit or. Or better or visqueen. Yeah, insulated visqueen. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would, that would probably have helped. An insulated tent, too. That was your RSP, right? You were listening to the FM on? Uh, yeah, I have RSP Duo. Yeah, so, so yeah. I'll tell you what, that's pretty good fidelity if you put it on stereo and some of those filters they have in that thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's an amazing little receiver. Uh, well, I'll talk more about it a little later. But for the price, yeah, you... Mm -hmm. I don't think you can go wrong with one of those. But we did get to setting some antennas up on Saturday morning, though. and uh, You know, that's always a real fun experiment. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good word for it. <laughs> it's a nice word for so it. So let's, let's take a, a look at some antenna. We've got the MFJ lightweight fiberglass mast sitting right here on an old TV tripod. I've used this before in the past to do verticals. It's about the weight of a fishing reel, but it's 43 feet tall. So it's a real good antenna. And that's the cap that's on the top there. And you can see I've just got a vertical strung up there. And I can tap it down from 
20 meters all the way on up and I've got radials laid out here on the ground uh, for each of the bands so this is right now it's working really good on 20 meters of course field day hasn't officially begun yet so I haven't made any contacts but that's antenna number one and we're working on the others now well it's about 10:42 on Saturday morning Tommy stopped to do a little tree fishing here hey you caught a KG5 RE okay well, it's a big one too This is where it gets interesting. I can't see it now. There it is. If he can get over that limb, this is going to be much easier than it's been in years past. You got it? Look there. Right there. That's a peeper right there. Tommy and Wayne are working on putting up an 80 meter off-center fed dipole. I can see they've got one end up here. It looks like he got pretty good height up in that tree, so we'll probably get this thing uh, 50 or 60 feet off the ground, it's looking like. Coming down the road over here, it's a log truck. They're cutting logs back down in there. So that's why we got a decent road this time around. They have been working on the road. In the meantime, where did Wayne and Tommy go? Oh, they're going to the other end here. Well, they got something up. Not sure if it's where they want it or not. Must be because Wayne's walking to the other end to tie some of the trot line to it. Oh, he's trying to find the weight. That's always a challenge. Well, Tommy and Wayne finished up that job they were working on uh, just a few months ago. Tommy told me they obviously did something wrong because both lines were shot up there. They got on the right limb on the first try. But as I understand it, uh, 
there's another fishing expedition going on. What is it, Wayne? When I tried to pull the other end up, I didn't tie this end off. Oh! Yep, that'll do it. So, so Tommy did such a good job fishing a while ago, he's, he's back on it. I was. Uh, we're gonna have to get the launcher back out and relaunch. Yep, probably so. I told you. <laughs> I told it you was something. nice while it lasted. I was feeling real good about what we did. Oh yeah, I mean y'all had it in a great place. We were, we were the men right there. Yeah. For for a while. It was fun while it lasted, Wayne. Well, you know. We got it unhooked and it flipped off the boat. <laughs> So what I've been working on over here while they were doing that is we've got an antenna that needs some assembly, like a beam, a hex beam, or in particular this cobweb antenna right here. This is the way you do it. You set up a little tripod or a little post on the ground so that you can walk right up to it and work on it. And you don't have to be working overhead. It makes it much, much easier. This is the MFJ cobweb. This is the original one. It's not the 40 meter version. Uh, this is 20 meters. This is the lowest band it covers. But it's a good antenna. We've used it in the past field days I always thought it did well so we're going to fly it again and I had managed to make a couple of mods to it right up under the mount here I took all the hardware out and replaced it with stainless steel and I put wing nuts on the arms here so that when we take it down, because I don't use this during the year, we can fold all those arms up, tie the wires up, and it makes one little neat package and folds out really quick to go back up again. Wasn't necessarily intended to be that way, but works out that way for me. So now we've got to erect this. But I'll let them finish their fishing expedition first. They got a good feel of what the field day site actually looked like from all that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that that showed it pretty well. One side we haven't looked at yet. Yeah. But we, we will see it a little later but in it's, here. Uh, it was pretty clean. Uh, uh, thanks to your brother for going out and oh, yeah. cleaning it off for us. And I gave him a place in the credits for the tractor work, yeah. Oh, perfect. Because I'm sure he appreciates that. He went out there and he kind of helped us. Wayne went out and I went out there. I don't remember what night it was. Maybe it was Tuesday evening we went out there before dark and got my brother to come up there and we kind of scraped some dirt around and kind of leveled it up and that's why the dirt looked fresh there. It it was. It was almost like powder. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, pretty much. And then he came out there, my brother did a day or so later and clipped that grass down out there. So it was really a good Good site. I hope we can get there next year if the road is if still the road in good shape. Up. Yeah. 
because there's it's just a dirt road that leads. You remember the church we did field day out a few years ago, the old Shrock Church. Well, that's where we were. Was kind of back behind it. There's just yeah, a little. Actually, we're literally right behind it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a little road that's just a, a pasture road more or less, but it's through the woods, and there's no gravel on it. It's just been bulldozed out. Whenever they cut trees back there, they bring a bulldozer in and just kind of scrape it out. And if it rains, they just scrape the mud out of the way and push it off to the side. So it was a good level flat road this year. Yeah, the front of it was kind of weird, though, because the way that dirt was where your brother scraped it, it was powdery. There was a few of those holes that were like somebody took a bunch of baby powder and filled those holes up with them because when you went through them, it just yeah, just basically went everywhere. Yeah, that's the ones I was talking about. If it would have rained, that stuff would have just turned into like yeah, oh yeah, it'd have been tough. Now it actually it did rain a little bit a day or so before field day after we had scraped that off at the site, <laughs> and that helped pack it a little bit. You should have seen it before that. It was uh-huh. like baby powder. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got a lot more to go yet, but. First, we need to take a little break here and get a message from MFJ. Hi, I'm Howard, W6HN. I'm excited to tell you all about the new MFJ1234 RigPi station server. Let's get started. A long time ago, when digital computers were first invented, It took specially designed rooms and conditioning filled with racks of equipment, hundreds of vacuum tubes, and elaborate consoles to do simple arithmetic. Up until the early 70s, the thought of having a computer in your shack was nothing more than a dream. Since then, the size and cost of computers has come down to the point where computers are an important asset in any well-designed shack. The behemoths of yesterday are no longer. This is the RigPi station server. It is a small, economical, Raspberry Pi-based computer system that controls your station and handles on-the-air activities. What can RigPi do? Using a browser on just about any device, RigPi provides radio and rotor control, CW King, VoIP for two-way audio, logging, DX spot monitoring, and a fact-filled web view showing details about other stations. Using the RigPi desktop, you can operate digital modes using popular programs, plus you can upload your log files to the ARRL logbook of the world. Finally, it can replace a desktop computer with a browser, email client, word processing, and spreadsheet programs. RigPi is great for use in your shack, but for remote ops, it really shines. RigPi is well-suited for Apple and Android devices, including mobile phones, tablets, iPads, and more. Work DX while on the road or from a cruise ship. Let's listen in on Tom, W5KUB, as he works Walter, KI4V, in Tennessee from a cruise ship somewhere in the Caribbean. Here is Walter, KI4V, previously NR3E, working HK3C in Colombia. 
We are trying out, we're beta testing a RigPi remote unit. I'm actually on an iPhone uh, remotely connected to a friend's TS570. Well, very good. Very good, thank you. And uh, congratulations on the remote setup. It's sounding nice. Guess what UPS dropped off here this week? Well, a rig pie. Yep. Well, that is a coincidence. I found this when I got home Thursday night, so I haven't had a chance to use it yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to work on it uh, this weekend and get my cables together and hook this little jewel up because this is really sweet, man. You'll be able to take this right here, hook it to your rig with a few cables. And then take your, your cell phone, Android or iOS, or, or your laptop. Connect back to your whatever rig you've got. This Just about every rig is supported with this that does CAT. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's your station right there on, on your anywhere. phone. And this is the only box you've got to have. You don't have to um, have a box at both ends. Nothing special, just this little rig pie here. And this is an open source project from Howard Nurse, who we just saw there in that video. And MFJ has constructed the devices here, and they're selling them a couple of different ways. You can, it, of course, they all come with a Raspberry Pi 3B Plus in them. That will probably be changing to a 4 later, because mm -hmm. uh, I suspect there's got to be a little development work done before it's... Uh, really ready for the four. I don't know that though. And it's got the audio board and interface in here. And there's also a CW keyer board in here as well. And I think it's an option. You don't uh, you don't have to get the uh, the keyer board if you don't want it. Oh, okay. And I and I, I don't know. I haven't looked at all the configurations of it yet. But just one little device here. Add your power supply and your cables to it. And and boy, you're on the air from wherever you are. Yeah, that's a lot of interest in that thing. I've been interested since we interviewed him at the MFJ Day uh, yeah. anniversary. What was it, 45th anniversary? Yep, that was a couple of years ago. <clears throat> uh -huh. I think. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to see it out. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Yep, me too. I can't wait to see what I do with it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Well, that wasn't... Hey, yeah. real quick, real quick. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Maybe next year, depending on how hot it is, we should deploy the rigs and the tents with the rig pie and go back home and operate. <laughs> I like the way you, you know, think. That oh, is an idea because we do have internet access on that hill. I like mm. the way you think. Yep. <laughs> that's a good... That, that's, that bears some uh, consideration I'm thinking, there. I'm thinking you're, you're management material, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Well, we didn't get all the antennas set up a while ago. We just looked at uh, the little bit of the well, primary stuff. just getting stuff. started. Yeah. So we've got a little more antenna video here to go. Just a little update on where things stand about 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. We're, we're working the bands. I've retapped this vertical. I'm on 15 meters now. So it's not very tall at all, but has been pretty fair. 
Uh, it works a little CW on there as well, thanks to FL Digi. And not sure 15 meters, how much longer that band's going to be around this afternoon. It does seem that it's in and out and not a lot of activity. Everything I'm hearing is in Florida currently. That could change though. There's another antenna I didn't show you earlier. This is going to get noisy as I go by the generator. Which, by the way, we have changed to Tommy's. It's not nearly as noisy as my old Coleman, though. There is Wayne's antenna strung through the trees here. You might see the trot line going up. And then we come on out. There you can see the antenna leaving the tree. And there's his ballon and the feed line dropping down. And it goes all the way over to that pine tree way back there. So he got a pretty good height here, so I think it's working pretty well. Look, there's a guy just came out for air from the tent. Yes, although we've got air conditioning, it is pretty hot in there. And you can see we're using these little uh, towels around the neck to really help. Well... I got my air conditioner tile here. That's your portable unit? Yes, my portable unit. It actually helps a pretty good bit. It's one of those cooling tiles. I think you, you got one similar to it. Yeah. Uh, about due to go get mine in some more water. But after it uh, starts to warm up, as long as it's wet, if you pop it like that a few times, it sort of activates it again. It doesn't get really cold, but you can feel it drop a few degrees. And we're, right now, we'll take all the less degrees or any degrees we can get rid of. Yep, we'll get rid of any degrees we can. That's right, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, those things really make a difference. The first year you had one of those out here, I was thinking, man, that's nothing but a sweat rag around your neck. Uh, no, no. It's, it's huge, it really helps a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not like polar bear cold, but it, it definitely helps some. It, it helps. It's, you can feel the coolness. I'm pretty sure it drops your temperature a little bit. But uh, I almost forgot to bring mine. I'm glad I remembered to go back and get it. Yep. And I'm glad you did too because I wouldn't want to have to fight you for mine. <laughs> you were looking cool there. They had a, a few comments in the chat room saying you were standing there like Superman, you know, with your hands on your. <laughs> you had your cape, your towel. Yeah. He was, he was ready, man. He wasn't panicking at all. <laughs> well what have we got next oh well there's another antenna you know we we set up how many antennas did we have we had the 80 meter off center fed dipole we had that vertical vertical we, we had, had the, the uh, cobweb, cobweb which we hadn't looked at yet and we had the uh the octopus 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. could I forget that? that? Yeah, that's what we had yeah. for. And, and you and I had a, a, a big time setting up the octopus antenna here. Yeah, we did. You know, it it was uh, it went up a little easier than than say that hex beam did last mm-hmm. year. Everything everything went easier than that. That's from back in the olden days when people used to live in tents with Visqueen on them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. You had the the Dami 2019 model rotator there. I saw you rotating (laughs) it as you were putting the elements in. It's important because those antennas are just a little bit directional. Now, I couldn't get him to stand out there in the sun during field day and, and rotate it for me. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm actually the the, the uh, 1962 model though. I'm an old model. Right. It doesn't work well. Yeah. <laughs> so the octopus, it worked best on 20 meters. Yeah, that was the band that, and that's what you would expect from you know a hamstick dipole type antenna. It's closer uh-huh. probably to 20 meters being, you know. Yeah, it was. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it did do better there. Oh yeah. 20 was, was actually pretty good on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other bands, they they all worked. Um, and if you need something quick and portable to set up, that is a good option. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's easy, really easy to put that thing up. Yep. Okay, you got out and did a little tour. You got a new camera. Just It's not your full-time camera, but a, a new toy, I would say. Oh, what yeah. It was. Yeah, the little one with the little gimbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes, anyway, this is just a tour of the the site there as you can tell you can see the tent with the awning some of the antennas the tent you may have noticed the tarp hanging over the tent that was to keep some of the sun off and uh, it really made a difference uh, in the temperature inside that tent when the wind would blow and raise that thing up and the sun hit it you could Mm -hmm. immediately feel the temperature go up now that's you can see the other side over there that we hadn't shown before well you could for a second yeah, that's the backyard. Isn't that a thing of beauty there? Oops. That's not. 
That was from the mushrooms, I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the uh, tripod where the uh, cobweb antenna. That's a 43-foot MFJ telescopic fiberglass mast. And that and that baby was up there too. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you can see we had a we had a lot of room. We could have put some more antennas. Oh up. yeah, yeah. Um, we had we had what we needed. Actually, had uh, guess one extra one. Yeah. But, uh, and we the, had a lot more room. Really, the finest facilities that you could expect out in the woods. The finest ones money could buy mm -hmm. for what we paid for it. True. Oh, I see you walking there with the little camera. Yeah, so. that's my little DJI, DJI Osmo Pocket. Yeah. It ended kind of abruptly, I guess. Yeah. Um, but so. anyway, it was a good sight. It was a very good sight. Uh, I, like I said, I hope we can go back and do that again. Somebody was asking about if y'all had any uh, uh, tin cans strung out for warning of approaching zombies. <laughs> no, no zombies back in there, man. That's, okay. Yeah. There's not enough people that live back in that part of the county that zombies would be a big problem. Infected. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, um, well, we, of course, we were there for field day, so we had to have some stations as well. That, yeah, that's always good to have for field day. Yep. And mine... Uh, it's a little extended video. We've chopped it into two pieces here. Let's let's look at the first part because it was a lot to talk about. So um, I I had a fun time. This this setup worked well. I, I yeah, it's good. Me. Well, Wayne's setup and mine are pretty much the same as before, but George's is a little bit unique this time. Tell us a little what's different going on over here, George. Well, it is a little different. Now, the rig is the same one I've been using. It's uh, my IC7000. I really like this rig. It performs great. Uh, it always sounds good. It has good DSP noise reduction and filtering in it. It has a band scope function, but it is not real time. And that makes, uh, well, that's one of those things. Once you've used a band scope, you'll never go back. I would like to have a nice IC7300 or a 7610 out here, but I don't have those. So what I've got is my IC7000 and my own add-on band scope over here. Let's start on the right-hand side over here. You've probably seen me use this before. This is my homemade IC7000 voice gear edition. It's got six push buttons across here where I can record in uh, voice memories into here like uh, CQ field day and my call sign I've got one that, uh, for that and I've got one label 3 alpha here I hit that and it's going to transmit 3 alpha Mississippi and then I hit this one and it's going to transmit 7-3 so I could talk to you on field day and never talk to you but I don't do that I usually talk these are convenient though if you're going to sit there and run a frequency, it's a lot easier just to hit this button for it to say uh, CQ field day, this is W5JDX, and 
you don't wear your voice out as quick. On the side, I've got a couple of things here. I have an XLR connector. I can plug in an external microphone. And I have a, a quarter-inch jack here. I can plug in a push-to-talk switch. Or this red one here is also a push-to-talk. And my microphone plugs in the rear of the box here because the box itself plugs into the microphone jack on the rig. So that's been a convenient feature, particularly if you're going to sit there and run a frequency and call CQ yourself. Uh, over to the right, a couple more things. I have a Wi-Fi hotspot, which is currently not on, but we actually have Internet at this site this year since we're on a hill. That has been a big um, a big boom to our field day adventures. Before, we were hit and miss on having anything at all, even a cell phone signal. Back here, I've got a couple other things. This is one of those MFJ DC volt amp meters, the MFJ4422, that you can plug in series with your power pole connectors there and keep up with the battery voltage or your power supply voltage. Real convenient. Of course, I've got my IC51 50th Anniversary Edition. And I have a counterpoise mounted to it there, so I get a little better signal by having that wire for the ground drop below it there. And that has worked good up here on this hill as well. Then back here in the back, all my power, I don't, you probably can't see it, but I have an MFJ 4230 DMP power supply. It works great. And to distribute the power, I've got this MFJ 1129 uh, Deluxe power outlets. It has a lot of different power pole jacks on it. Uh, it's got some, uh, some banana plugs and... Uh, terminal strips here where you can put wires up under it. Just a great way to distribute your DC voltage and it's got a voltmeter in it. So that has been kind of convenient, an easy way to tie everything together. On the back of the 7000 I have my breakout box. This is a custom made Altoids 10. I ate the Altoids and I didn't pay anything for the 10 so I think email will approve. This gives me an output to key an amplifier with, which I'm not using here. It also gives me a line in for a push-to-talk switch and input and output audio that I could use uh, for working digital modes or connecting to a mixer or whatever. The only thing I've got connected is this amp key line, and I'll show you why in just a moment. There's another Altoids 10 in the setup here. And this is a peppermint flavor. The other was cinnamon. That's better to be used as a breakout box. But for curiously strong audio reception, I, I like the peppermint ones. And this is nothing more than just a double pole, double throw toggle switch mounted in there. I just needed some way to mount it. I've got one uh, connector that plugs into the output of my laptop. And another one that plugs in to the output of the 7000. And I plug my headphones in the side here. Of course, that's a Hall Pro Set 3. And then I can flip this little switch here 
and I can listen either off the rig here or flip it the other way and I can listen off my SDR receiver. The SDR receiver, if you can see it, is uh, an SDR Play RSP Duo. Now this is the uh, newer version with two tuners in it. I only actually need one tuner, so uh, that would suffice. But there wasn't too much more to get the dual tuner unit, and it had 14-bit, uh, so I decided to go with that. And uh, just as long as we're back here, it's my LDG Z100 Auto Tuner that I've had for years and years. Over to the computer, I have the SDR Uno software running. That's the software that goes with the SDR Play. Now, Tommy has showed this to you before. I'm looking at the 20-meter band right now. This is the pretty much the whole band. I've tuned it in. I've got it on the upper side band. Up here, I've got my, uh, my little spectrum display that I can take my mouse and I can adjust the pass band either on the bottom end or on the top end and filter out adjacent signals. Uh, it's got all the controls that you would expect on a software-defined radio or most any radio. Good DSP noise reduction. I'm happy with what I'm seeing in there. And, of course, it's got the band scope and the waterfall that makes it real easy to see how many signals there are and exactly where they are. Now, you may ask, well, why do you have that receiver sitting over there? You got a receiver in here. The main reason I brought this is to give me the band scope function so that I can see the activity on the band and easily find frequencies that are being operated on. I've connected this software to the laptop over to the 7000. To do that, I've got an RS-232 to USB interface here plugged into my laptop. And in this DB9 shell, I have a little circuit with a couple of transistors, um, maybe a couple of resistors, maybe a diode. I'm not sure really what I put in there because I don't have the schematic with me, but uh, I'll pull that out and show it to you. It's a, it's a level shifter more or less because the level of RS-232, the voltage levels, does not match the voltage level of a lot of CAT interfaces, uh, particularly like the, uh, the ICOM uh, CAT interface here. You would have to have an ICV uh, interface to go between your serial port and your rig. Well, that's basically what this is. I built my own because I needed it really quick. And that plugs in the data port on the back of the rig. That was about half of what we shot on my station there. We've got more to show. Uh, Curiously strong audio, huh, George? Cur <laughs> you yes. Like that? Yes. That was pretty well, good. Now, the sentiment is good, too, but I prefer the Peppermint audio. <laughs> well, I think you get the cheap, uh, official cheap thing. 
We've got more to go even yet, but we need well, to wait, take... There's more? There's more. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. IC7610, the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digicell. Or get the IC7300. Changing the way entry-level HF is designed, this high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Find out more by visiting icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Tell me, what did you use this year for your station? Well, just so happened to have a video that shows you. Well, how convenient. Get all out. right, so, well, I guess it's not my turn to go over my station. It's mostly the same as before. I'm using my old Surface Pro 3. Still, the software was still installed on it. Just like the other guys, I'm using the uh, N1MM Plus software, which has worked out pretty well. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that, the way it works and everything. I've got my uh, 7100, IC7100 ICOM radio here again this year. And I've got it hooked up to the serial port on my computer, so the login software picks up the frequency and the mode and everything that I'm using. So when I log my contacts, uh, all that stuff's done for me. I really like that feature. Uh, the radio, again, like it's 7100, been pretty happy with that. Uh, it's nice and compact, and it's really easy to transport out here. Under Underneath my uh, grass-cutting hat, or, yeah, that's my grass-cutting hat. I'm going to stick with that. I've got uh, my tuner, my MFJ939 tuner, and then I've got the chassis of the radio. been real happy with that tuner. It hooks straight up to the back of my rig, and when I, it knows that when it needs to tune itself, and it just does it automatically the way I've got it set in the radio. Um got i changed power supplies this year i've got the little 30 amp mfj uh switching power supply and i've been happy with that it's a lot less to carry out here uh to transport the field day so i was able to get this whole station with the exception of the table in one portable bag uh, which is very nice and convenient most importantly of all i've got my bottle of water in my bass pro wetsuit for it keeps the water cold longer a necessity and then plenty of hand wipes around here a couple of phones and Wayne let me borrow his uh, little computer fan he's got if you're not careful with that thing it'll cut your fingernails for you but as long as you keep your hands out of it it's a pretty nice thing to have it moves a lot of air keeps the temperature a little bit more tolerable in here that's pretty much it for me so that was Tommy Station you 
You came in number two this year in our uh, lineup of of points there. Yeah, it was it was a slugfest between me and Wayne. Well, it was, and it was close. But you you always managed to hold the number two spot down. You have not conceded ever. You've always maintained your well, position. I don't want to be showing off, <laughs> but I don't want to be the last either. So. Yeah. Well, I that's why I took the last position this year. Um, you know, usually in the past, I've always come in first, you've come in second, Wayne's come in third. Well, this year, Wayne took the number one spot, first time ever. Yeah, you know what I think that is, though? I think because uh, he changed antennas this year. He had, no, it's the off center fed 80 meter. Well, last year, last time he had well, that. Well, he uh, the shack. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, even that when we were well, in the he woods used before. That at the church too. Yeah. That uh, what do they call it? Outpost thing that he built. Yeah, but he also had an eighty meter off center fed there. Does okay. that include or, or taking the factor of the uh, multipliers? Like, was he doing digital versus voice? No. Okay. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't count the multipliers in our. And in intent scoring system there. Okay. Just how many contacts you made. I I did some CW ones, so I would have, you know, Mm -hmm. I might have done better. But uh, anyway, you know, I was I was glad to see that uh, uh, Tommy and Wayne took the lead this year. Um, It's it's hard, you know, dropping from first place to last. I'll have to say, but. I was I was proud for Wayne to see <laughs> yeah, him yeah. take, for, he did, he take did the lead good. there. He did. Got he, competition now. He racked him up this year. I don't remember exactly how many we had contacts. We, we're was, never gonna we're never gonna win an, an award for no. it. But it's fun. Yeah. Yep. We have our own little internal competition thing yeah. going near the end. So. And we made about the same number of contacts that we usually make. Yeah. Yeah. yeah roughly. It was, but it was a good time. That's the main thing. It was a good time. We got to use our gear. Oh, yeah. We're ready for an emergency situation should one arise. Yep. So what did Wayne take the prize with this year, his station? What's look? We've done actually better than I thought we were going to do. I think showing here we've got 160 contacts so far between the three of us. And um, I think last year we had 201 when we were running out of Georgia's shack. So I'm pleasantly surprised. We might might possibly make 175 before the hour's up. Um, got the 80-meter uh, off-center fed dipole up this year, which we haven't had in a while. So that's uh, it's kind of helped a little bit. Uh, my station so far, I've been running the same thing I've run for the last several years. I've got my Yaesu FT897. Uh, running my LDG Z100 tuner. I got my Daiwa 30 amp switching power supply back there. 12 volt battery backup and cell phone charger. My HP laptop, and we're running the N1MM uh, logger. Um, so far, it's been doing pretty good. I can't complain. Got uh, the air conditioner over here inside the Bisqueen. Uh, it's helped, but it has not been as good as it was the first year that we did this. And let me say, I, I paused the video there just so we could point it out. I 
I see the secret to his success right now. Sitting in front of the sitting AC. in front of the AC. That is <laughs> that is bound to giving him an advantage there. But, Absolutely. Uh, let's see the rest of it here. By any stretch of the imagination, because it's hot. It's very hot. Um, I think we're probably getting close to about 95 right now. And the humidity's up, but, I mean, it's helping, but it's, it ain't near as good as it was the first year we did this, so I don't know. We're going to have to reconfigure something somewhere. But overall, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah, you know, there should be some kind of multiplier for BTUs there as well. <laughs> should. <laughs> all contacts made next to an air conditioner. Yep, yep. That's all to draw a, a little lower score, you know. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. There, should be, there should be a multiplier based on the operating temperature. Yeah, that's well, what I'm thinking, yeah. You, you know, he might have offset that because he's using the FT897D, right? Well, yeah. Uh, just op- just operating those menu systems as points. Yeah, that's like going, yeah, that's pretty tough. That's not for, yeah, that's not for <laughs> just anybody. Yeah. No, can't be squeamish with those menus. Well, back back to my video here. Mine was the longest because I was... I guess doing the most complicated setup, and it was something different, something we we haven't done before. So here's the second half of of what I use for fill day. This is going to be good. So what I've got now is, if I tune the rig over here, you will notice the display change the frequency here on my VFO on the rig. It's tracking it over on the band scope on the SDR. And also, you'll notice if I click on a signal here on the band scope, it tunes radio to that same frequency. So they're in sync with each other, which is just really convenient. So now I can use my mouse. I can go over here and find signals that I want to listen to and just click on them. And I automatically tune my radio there, pick up the mic, and start talking. Uh, there's a lot of other features to this software, but that's really the only thing I needed out of this is the ability to tune that radio. Now, I did build this little switch so that I can choose whether I want to listen to the SDR or whether I want to listen to the 7000. And I have done that with my um, headphones here through field day, and I found out some signals I like better it's easier to listen to coming out of the 7000 because the filtering works better for that particular set of circumstances that I'm dealing with at that moment with the signals that are there. On some other occasions, I have found that I like it better what's coming out of the SDR play here and adjusting its filtering, I can get it a little bit better. But it's not 100% one way or the other. But the majority of the time, I'm just listening off the IC7000 here because when you key up and you let off your mic, the receiver, AGC, recovers a lot quicker in the 7000 than it does over in the uh, SDR play. Now, there's another magic piece in here. And you might say, well, George, where would you get magic pieces for your setup from? 
would you believe MFJ I have the MFJ 1708B SDR RF sense receiver transceiver switch this has been sort of like the magic bullet that makes all of this work it's got three antenna jacks on it it's also available with an SMA connector if you prefer that I got the SO239's I have one jack that I connect the antenna to I have another jack that I connect to the transceiver and then another one that connects to the SDR play or or a second radio of any type this thing will automatically sense when you key up it'll sense the RF on the transceiver line here and it will automatically mute the receiver line so that you don't send 100 watts into your uh, software defined radio which would just be a big bummer for everybody it's got a 12 volt input and a couple of RCA connectors it has an auxiliary one here and right off the bat I don't remember exactly what that did because I have not used it in my application it also has a control jack and I have that wire connected to it and if you followed out that wire you'd see the other ends connects to the amp key line over here that's because why an RF sensing uh, transmit receive switch is a good idea a hardwired one is a better idea in, in my book but I'm using both of them so I'm relying on the rig when it keys up and sends the amplifier key up signal it actually does the switch in the uh, TR switch here so that I don't send RF to the receiver and also I left the RF sense enabled as well so if for some reason that circuit failed the RF sense would would still be there and catch it and this has worked really good I want to say this is a perfect accessory if you're going to be doing what I'm doing right here you want to use a SDR receiver along with your uh, normal transceiver this is the best way I, I know of to connect it together because it's not just a relay going between your transmitter and receiver it is but for the receive there is a uh, an inductive splitter in there that splits the receive signal out so that you can feed the receive signal to both the transceiver and the SDR at the same time so it's not like uh, whenever you let off the push to talk button that you're only receiving here you're receiving on both of them all the time that uh, you're not transmitting I really like that that has been uh, very convenient has worked out great for me and otherwise I, I would not have needed my little toggle switch I don't know if needs the right work you don't you don't really need that but it is a, uh, a nice convenience and let me just give you a little demo here of of maybe what the two sound like what I'm going to do here is demonstrate flipping back and forth between the two receivers what they sound like the easiest way for me to do that here and you got the generator running in the background 
So it's not necessarily the best way, but the easiest way is for me just to put the microphone on the headphones here and let you see what it sounds like. Right now it is switched to the IC7000. Okay, do I have your call correct? Uh, is it Kilo 5 Sierra? That is correct. 3 5 Okay, thank you. You are 3 Alpha, Wisconsin, 3 Alpha, Wisconsin, QSL. So, 73. 59, Victor Rio, Charlie. You can choose which, which one of those positions sounds the best at any particular time and, and just listen to it. But it takes a little bit of time for this one to recover after you've used the push to talk because this rig it loses the antenna signal coming in which is a good thing during transmit but the software also mutes it so when I key the rig up it knows that it went into transmit so it mutes it as well and by this being a software defined radio running on a computer there's a slight processing delay so the audio that you hear coming out of here is a little bit behind the audio you hear coming out of the radio. So that, that's another thing to keep in mind. If you're using a fast computer, not much of an issue. If you're using a slow computer, it's going to put a little more delay in there. But this is my field day setup as far as what's in the shack this year. And I'm loving it. I really like having a band scope or a pan adapter on my IC7000. Now I didn't mention I'm running the N1MM logger software over here. All three of us are. And they automatically sync over the network so that everybody sees everybody else's contacts. I have some other software running on here. Now incidentally I do not have the frequency of the rig connected to N1MM so it doesn't automatically update the frequency that I'm operating on. I have to manually do that myself. And I think it is possible to do that. I know it is standalone, but since I've already got a serial connection, a cat connection between the rig and the SDR, I, I didn't have time to get that working. There's a few pieces of software I had to add in here, and all of these are freeware. The number one thing I had to add is the COM0COM virtual serial port. I, maybe you'd call it splitter. This allows you to create virtual serial ports on the machine so that you can have them talk to each other. And I created a pair on here and set them so that the software has its own serial port and the other serial port connects to the rig here. And that, that allows them to communicate. Now, the SDR Uno doesn't know that I've got an IC7000 connected. 
All it knows is we've got the CAD interface enabled on it. So for that, I'm using the free OmniRig software, which is an interface software that allows people to write programs on a computer that talk to virtually every rig that's out there. And I just ran OmniRig and told it I had an IC7000. So I am going to go back and shoot a few more fish in the barrel here. But I didn't shoot enough fish to come in number one. No? I, I saw somebody said that you may spend more time fiddling with your kit, but that really wasn't the case. You just set it up at first and it just worked, didn't it? It you just didn't worked. Have any trouble at all, I yeah. don't remember. I tested it all out at home because I had just got that working and like, uh, I don't know, a couple of days before we went and did this. But it all worked, and I didn't really have to jiggle with anything or have any issues. It it just yeah. worked. I think it's it's the antennas that everyone was using, mm -hmm. and the bands. Well, all the bands were good this year. Yeah, the bands us. were really in, in very good shape. And that surprises me because everybody I noticed on social media was talking about how bad the bands were for field day this year. What do you think, Emil? How were the bands for y'all? Yeah, we, we did um, um, most of our work, especially early on in the day on 20. 20 was awesome. I mean, I was I had one of those ham sticks on a mag mount on top of my truck tied to my one of my radios, the, the 9100, on mm -hmm. one of the antenna inputs. Oh, we were killing them all on, the, on just that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that band was on fire. Yeah, 20 was good. Uh, 40 was good. 15 was, was pretty good, too. Uh-huh. It was. And, you know, some years 15 is not much at all, but when it's good, it's pretty good. And mm -hmm. um, But we had, good in, we had good antennas. We did. One of my rig problems is the way I started out. You saw that vertical that I had. Um, the first antenna we showed tonight, it was that sort of dark green colored vertical that went up. It's a, a MFJ telescopic lightweight mast like a fishing pole almost, really quick to deploy, and I just got bail wire, you know, I made up my antennas with. And I, I got the radial segmented so that I can set it for 40 meters, 20 meters, uh, 15 or 10, I believe is what I cut it for. And I thought I had set it for 20 meters. But it turns out I actually had all the links in for 40 meters, and I was trying to work the 20-meter band. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wayne was over on 40 meters working. And I, even though I had a, a bandpass filter in in line there, <laughs> oh, yeah. he was just tearing me up. Every time he transmitted on 40 meters, it was tearing me up on 20. Well, it was several hours before I realized that I was on a 20-meter antenna instead of a 40-meter antenna. <laughs> oh, excuse me, a 40-meter antenna instead of a 20 yeah, so, so you're perfectly resonant for for all this. Right. So Wayne. so anything Wayne was gonna broadcast out, I was sitting there waiting on it, man. I was a perfect <laughs> uh sink for it. Yeah. So uh anyway, I I kinda got behind there at the start because of uh antenna malfunction. My tuner would tune it, but it was my fault for just, you know, not not realizing that I had it on the wrong band. And that brings up something we didn't really mention when we showed the stations. We did use those filters again. Yes. Um, so those, those things are really nice. They do help when you have multiple people there. Yeah. A lot. As long as you're not on the 
antenna that resident on what the other right yeah that's apparently put you at a big disadvantage <laughs> we got one final video tonight and you know in the central time zone here field day ends at 1 p.m mm-hmm. yep and uh, of course usually you'll hear the bands go go silent at that point everybody will just shut down because you can't log any any contacts after 1 p.m well here's what happened this year One o'clock now. Let's see what happens. Looks like there are still a lot of pieces going on there. The ship starts dropping off pretty quick here. Maybe it's not one o'clock everywhere yet. And let's just keep on going, man. Luke. You know, I don't see anybody letting up at all. I, I don't even look down there on the left hand side. The CW portion is still just as busy. Um, and they just kept going, man. People weren't ready to quit at 1 o'clock, I guess. It looks like it bounced off a little bit. It's really like somebody turned the air conditioner off. Yeah, it's one turn the air conditioner off. It's a little bit more than Well, there's a few of them still going at it, so I'm going to leave them with it. We're going to pop up. It dwindled down a little bit, but yeah, more... Uh, there were more that stayed on at one this year than in past years. I've I've watched that before, uh-huh. and they they hung in there longer this year. Yeah. I was expecting the majority of it to just go away, like a- almost immediately. Well, it usually does, uh-huh. but didn't happen there. Of course, I would not have known that had I not been using a pan adapter or a band scope with my rig. That's right. It's uh-huh. visual. It's a, a visual great way to see the whole band at at once. Worked out really well. Another thing I want to say here, that generator, that little video there, was with noise reduction turned on. That's the only video I use noise reduction on on any of this. And you could still barely hear me over the generator. Uh-huh. That was my generator. That was that old Coleman running. You got a set of headers on yours, don't you? Something, yeah. Something. And I, I looked for mufflers this week, earlier this week. The only one I can find calls it a quiet muffler. It's like 128 bucks. Ooh, wow. I'm not sure I want to invest that in that generator. And I read reviews on it, and some folks said they couldn't tell any difference when they put it on. Oh, that would be disappointing for that kind of money. Yep. So, email, tell me how, how you used your uh, your SDR play there. Well, that was it in a nutshell. Um, you know, the whole... You, I guess you'll see this if you attend the forum <laughs> that I'm going to be given, but that's the whole drive for me towards those things is the visual aspect of them, whether it's viewing the entire band like you did. You know, most of them are, you know, two megs, right? Mm-hmm. But um, the other things you can do as far as going in, too. You know, I, I had at one time some of our visitors asking me about it. So I spent some time and said, hey, look at this. 
I'm going to zoom into this one USB signal here, uh, upper sideband on voice, and uh, watch what we can do with filters. You know, he had some artifacts in. I just took them out with that notch filter. And then, like you said, you can adjust that uh, bandwidth on the audio yep. screen at the top right, man. I, I think it's awesome just to see it. You know, when, when you have the traditional radio interface with the knobs, the passband tuning and stuff, it's easy. Once you know what they do, Yes. Technically, right? Mm-hmm. But when you can see it, it's just visual. Okay, now I know what, what to do. You know, move this out the way, put that over there. So oh, that's yeah. that's yeah, the drive for yeah, me. Yeah, that's those. nice. That's also a nice thing, like on the 7300s and the 7610s. You can see all that, yep. too. Yep. If you're yep. fortunate enough to have it, one of those. You know, that's, like I said, once you've uh, operated with a band scope, it's really hard to go back. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I don't have to go back now. I can use any of my rigs and <laughs> and have a band scope with it. During the month, if you want to keep up with what's going on with uh, uh, the show and uh, our friends, we we do have friends. We have a few. A few. What? Yep. You can I go don't to, have two. You can go to one of these places <laughs> right here, facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv, or... That's you are on Twitter as well, at Amateur Logic and at Ham College. And email, we've got a new group too, don't we? We do. The groups.io, Amateur Logic, uh, whatever you want to call it, email thingy. That's uh, groups.io slash G slash Amateur Logic. Yeah. So uh, if, you, if you were a Google Plus user or if you don't use Facebook or Twitter and you want to get the notifications, go sign up there. And we email the same time we set do the other postings, mm-hmm. and you'll get an email notification so you can catch the live streams. Or there's some there's some chat going on, you know, amongst the group as well. So um, it's kind of fun. I was a little skeptical, like I said before, about setting it up. I didn't think many people would use it, but there's a pretty good little crowd it's growing daily, yep. and it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's just another way that we can stay in contact with the community and. Find out what's going on and, and let folks know, you know, when the next episode is going to be shot for those who want to watch live. Any final words, Emil? Um, stay dry and 7-3. I like, I like Keep it those. cheap. Yeah, that's good advice. All three of those are good bits of advice. It's hard to go wrong with advice like that, isn't it? <laughs> it is. All right. 7-3, everyone. Oh, wait. Bring a towel. Bring a towel, yes. Don't leave home without it. What? <laughs>